0: You are now turned into the dopest college radio station. UCM the Beat. Keep it locked. U.C.M. the Beat.
1: Welcome to Voices of UCM. I'm your host, Abram Tabor. Today I'm joined by Rico Jordan. He's the Associate Campus Minister for Christian Campus House and an alum of UCM. Welcome to the show, Rico.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. So I introduced you as the Associate Campus Minister of Christian Campus House. What is Christian Campus House?
0: Yeah, Christian Campus House is a college ministry. Uh, We are technically a a student organization as well, Uh, but we are a ministry that offers uh, weekly services, uh, worship service, small groups. We also offer housing, so... um, It is called Christian Campus House because there is housing that is offered for uh, ladies who are interested in that and ultimately providing a ministry experience for college-age students.
1: Right on, and you've been involved with the uh, Christian Campus House ministry here for four years on staff, but you were actually involved when you were a student here as well, correct? Yes, that's right, I loved it. Uh, So to jump right into that, You were a student for two years and then went on to get your bachelor's elsewhere. But the time you were a student here, what first brought you to Lawrenceburg, Missouri? Yeah, uh,
0: my dream was to go to Mizzou. And I was I transferred high schools my senior year. And so I was delayed in getting um, like a, a A placement in the class so I wasn't I didn't know what place I had in class I didn't have uh, a GPA yet and so I was really delayed in getting to apply for colleges and my best friend at the time told me about UCM and she was like look it up and so I looked it up and I saw a mule and laughed and was like what is this place (laughs) and she's like please just come with me to uh, visit uh, on a campus tour so I came out with her and I fell in love first with the campus. I thought, mm-hmm. what a beautiful campus. And uh and then the the classroom size uh, was kind of a, a big point. At the time I was a uh, I was pre-med. So I mm. wanted to do biochemistry pre-med and doing that in at Mizzou sounded so interesting, but then when I just found out that the class sizes were would be too large and that I wouldn't get to have, like, a, a personal relationship with the staff and and be understood in that way. It just started to sway my my stance, and so actually the only college I applied for was UCM, and I got in,
1: and that was it. Right on. Now, you, of course, did not graduate with a bachelor's in pre-med. You went on to uh I believe it was Christian Ministry Science that you graduated with. So how did you get from pre-med to Christian Ministry Science?
0: So my sophomore year here at UCM, uh, I just I realized that what it takes to be a med student is being in the lab all the time, and all of my counterparts were constantly in the lab. But what I loved was the ministry work that I was doing with Christian Campus House as a student. And after some crazy situations happened with my health and uh, some, some friends talking to me, I decided that I wanted to switch up my major and went through it all. I thought, I'll do nursing. I'll, I'll just switch it up completely out of health. And eventually, I felt God calling me to go into vocational ministry. But... Uh, UCM did not offer not even theology as uh, a major. So the only way I could think to pursue this new calling was to get the education that was necessary. At the time, I loved being in a school uh, that was a liberal arts school where just the way that it functioned and ran and the purpose and the intent and the people mm. group was so uh, diverse and, and eclectic for their focuses, I didn't want to lose that by going to a all Christian school or seminary. And so I found out by the my old youth pastor, um, who was from St. Charles, Missouri, and moved back there after I graduated, uh, that the school he graduated from, Lindenwood University, offered Christian ministry studies as a major. Um, even though the school itself was a liberal arts school. So I got the best of both worlds and decided to head out that way.
1: Now, obviously, you came back, um, but I do want to talk a little bit about how you first got involved with CCH because I've heard some stories of people who in high school have had some experiences with CCH, and so they um, get involved with the organization when they first come here to college as freshmen. How did you first hear of CCH, get involved with them as a student? So I was
0: extremely intentional as a senior in high school to find a campus, to find a ministry to be a part of. And so all summer prior to, I did a lot of research at different churches around and how I could get involved with youth ministry Um, But when I moved here, I met with a few of those people, and right away, you get this week of welcome card in the mail, Mm -hmm. and it just had a ton of events listed for CCH, Christian Campus House, and I never had heard of college ministry at the time, I didn't know it was an option, so I went to the first event And I never left. I went every single week to
1: services until the day that I moved. Speaking of moving, you've moved back here. Um, You might be moving on sometime soon. We'll talk about that in a later segment. But what was the intention for you always to come back sort of to help with the ministry here? You felt that you were drawn to vocational ministry, you said, but... Did you have an idea that you were going to come back to UCM as part of
0: CCH? I could only hope. Uh, again, like college ministry wasn't something that was normal, and it wasn't the typical route that a pastor would go. So, going into school for ministry, I found out that uh, you know the the typical path path is you become a youth pastor, you do that for a while, and then you become an adult senior pastor. So I just thought that was the path I would be taking. Uh, but when I went out to St Charles, the other reason I went was because my my youth pastor was planting a church, and so I helped plant a church, and I got to learn all about ministry hands on in that experience wow um, and so yeah, we after some years there, it just always felt like something wasn't connecting like I loved working with youth, I did a great job in in getting to build those relationships but you know, they, they got to spend all their time in school. They got parents that need to drive them places and sports and all these things. How do I get to build relationship with people while still uh, growing and, and being in a, a, a formative stage? And so there was an opportunity. My very close friend, Dalen Brandis is the director at CCH. Mm-hmm. And he got the position like two years prior to me coming on board. And he asked me out. Uh, to To teach one day and I came out and taught and afterwards he asked me to come on board and be on staff and so it took a year and a half for me to get to be on staff but I never thought we'd end up here because um, because my, my wife is just very close to her family but she was super excited she also was a student here we met at CCH here at UCM so awesome. it was like yeah, let's go back to the place we loved so much that formed so much of our relationship with God and our lives.
1: Right on. Now, you mentioned, and I thought this was really cool, about how you sort of formed up, uh, how you're still in a formative stage and also want to help people as they grow. Uh, have you found that the college environment is very like good for that as far as like helping people learn and grow as they're op- more open to learning here or is... How have you found that?
0: It has been one of the greatest joys of what I do. Um, students are coming into their own. They're, you know, getting their independence and they're, they're figuring out who they are and what they're about, and they're not bound by the restrictions that come from high school uh, status quo situations or what their family wants. So a majority of students who are walking through the doors desire to be there. While when I was at youth, uh, as a youth pastor, like I had many students who their parents dropped them off. They wanted nothing to do with being there. They wanted nothing to do with me. Uh, So to come to a place where students are the ones who make the initial move and step and uh, and they desire to learn and grow or figure out, is this even something I believe or or want to follow, to come alongside that time in their life has been just so rewarding and it is a a crucial part of the experience of uh, growing up as you're going
1: through college years. All right, we'll be right back with more Rico Jordan right here on UCM The Beat, Voices of UCM. Did you know that when you shop at a local business, you can create jobs, stimulate the local economy, and reduce your carbon footprint? 90% 90% of net new jobs are created by small businesses, which makes them the largest employer nationally. And for every $100 spent at a local shop, 68 of those come back into the community because small businesses buy from more small businesses. Because of this, habitat loss and pollution caused by transportation has decreased by 26%. To learn more about the benefits of supporting small businesses in your community, visit one in your area today. This message brought to you by your friends in UCM Digital Media Productions. Welcome back to Voices of UCM. Today, we're joined by Rico Jordan. He's the Associate Campus Minister for Christian Campus House here at UCM. Now, you're the Associate Campus Minister that comes with, I'm not, some people are, and me even, is a little uncertain of the exact details of what goes into being a campus minister in a college ministry. You said that you said yourself that college ministry was a little unusual to you when you first experienced it. Yeah. So could you walk us through like some of the basics of what it does mean to be a campus minister at UCM?
0: Yeah, my, my role specifically, um, is to come alongside our director and help see the ministry out and in the specific ways we feel called. So for me personally, I feel called and, in, and, in, gifted in teaching uh, and doing sermons. And so a large part of my role, and this isn't how it always is structured for a director or associate at different campus ministries, but a lot of part of my role is getting to teach. uh, And that's every Wednesday when we gather together for worship, as well as developing student leaders and pouring into students and coming alongside them in their walking in their journey as they're processing life in general. So it's not just how do I tend to the spiritual need, but how do I tend to their physical need, their uh, financial need, their their mental processing and, and all aspects of just a whole rounded uh, life and journey. So that is what kind of our role is, is just Walking through this time of your life with you and pointing you to the gospel in that in that time and uh, making much of what is Jesus doing in your life and who is He truly to you and to this world.
1: Mm. Now you said uh, you want to come alongside people and help them through, walk them through. Uh, you know what does that look like, sort of on a weekly schedule, even?
0: My schedule's pretty crazy, and uh, I I love it. The majority of my schedule is doing what we call Mm one-on-ones. So getting to meet with a student one-on-one, and whether that's for coffee, for lunch, or just meeting somewhere in the union and talking. And one aspect of that is for our leadership, so for leadership development or for discipleship. And what that looks like is uh, talking through the events of the week. And so their leaders, most likely they're leading some sort of ministry or a community group, a small group, Bible discussion. So how did that go? What was that like? Um, and do you have any questions? Are there any concerns? How are things with your co-leader doing? Like asking questions like that. Uh, but I am uh, an empath at heart. I uh, love to hear people's story and uh, to really tend to the heart of uh, what's going on in their lives and how they think. And, and, uh, and so I ask a lot of questions of just where are they personally in their walk with Christ? What is going on in their life uh, relationally, the people around them, or if they're in a relationship, hey, how is, how is that going? Uh, processing through things with family. Uh, that, that's something I learned that is a big part of my role that never is really spoken of is, you know, when you are finally independent for the first time, you kind of see the world a little different and you start to see your family a little different. And for some it's, and I, I greatly appreciate all the things my family have done and I see like those lessons that they were trying to teach me. While for some it's realizing for the first time, like my parents aren't perfect. My life, I thought, was so perfect is actually kind of broken. And how do I navigate that? Or how do I deal with the fact that my parents think I'm a child still and I'm a I'm an adult and I'm making adult decisions? And so walking alongside them through those types of moments as well and then diving into Scripture, praying for one another. and uh, And I share a lot of my story in that, and I allow students to also, you know, Keep me accountable. Let me know how I can be growing and how I can uh, better serve our
1: community and our ministry. Mm. Now, you mentioned that uh, you ask students how you can better grow, and in my experience, with talking with people, interviewing people, doing one-on-one interviews like this, even you know, you always learn something by talking with somebody. You always pick up something. You always uh, take that internally and process it a little bit. And so doing this so regularly, what is one of the things or some of the things even that you have picked up or learned from students as you are helping them get through life?
0: Oh, dear. Uh, so I have two students in particular uh, in the past. They've, they graduated last spring uh, that I often say they, they really changed my life. Uh, which is a big statement, but mm-hmm. you know I've I've been doing ministry in some form since I was 16, uh, and so there's a lot of things that I thought I knew or the processes that I thought were necessary to do ministry well, and then I meet these two guys, and uh, one of them, what came from a different background and uh, came from a different religion background and decided to step foot into these doors and was committed and, uh, and really wanted to learn more about why he believes what he believes and why the denomination that he came from believes what they believe. Um, and so in that process, it helped me to see like, what are my biases? What are my stereotypes? And what's the point of the division that we have within the church? when I'm sitting in front of a student who I love dearly and I see their heart and I see their desire to know Jesus and be known by Jesus, and we have that same common interest. And Mm. so what is it that matters actually in our pursuit of Christ and how can we do that together without division, without tearing one another down, but to encourage one another while also keeping each other accountable? Um, And so he helped me grow a lot in that way, while the other student um, is just very different from how he expresses himself than I am. I am a physical touch. I want a hug. And uh, I need words of affirmation. I need you to let me know uh, Mm -hmm. that you love me and that I matter and I have worth and value and the student that's not their ways necessarily of uh showing love and showing appreciation, and so I found myself like very insecure and in realizing that even though I'm thirty and I have like ten plus years on some of these students, like some of them are more certain of who they are and uh and know what they bring to the table than I do. And I often said like, that student could take my job any day and do better because they knew so much more than me. But I had to learn what does it look like to meet everyone where they're at? What does it look like to humble myself to allow a student to uh, speak into things? And how am I, wanting my ministry to meet my own need as opposed to doing ministry for the purpose of glorifying God. And so as a people person, it's easy for me to love doing ministry because I'm constantly around people or, you know, the church is good at giving words of affirmation and it's acceptable to hug one another. But here I have a student who is amazing at all the things that uh, they bring to the table. And I'm not getting this affirmation that I desire, where's my value? Where's my worth? Uh, And having to really see that it is in God and who he has created me to be, and that there are other ways to express love that I need to accept. And so I know now, yeah, that guy cares about me and respected me, and we have a a mutual love for one another, and, uh, and we've enjoyed getting to do
1: life together. Right on. Well, we'll be right back with more of Rico Jordan right here on Voices of UCM. Stay tuned. Honorary Forest Ranger Betty White here lending a hand to my dear friend Smokey Bear because for years he's only said, only you can prevent wildfires. But there's a lot more to say. Like if you park your car on tall dry grass, the hot exhaust pipe can start a wildfire. So keep the animals safe, especially the cute shirtless one. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Voices of UCM. We're joined today by Rico Jordan. He's the Associate Campus Minister at Christian Campus House here at UCM. So... Rico, um, we've been talking a lot about you know your experience as a campus minister and what that looks like for you, sharing life with these students and with um, your leaders in CCH and how that looks for you. Now, I understand that you've recently been talking about and made a decision to move on from the University of Central Missouri, CCH, to, um, I believe, Boston, which is a Huge life decision. So how did we get from here to there? All right.
0: Um, So I had a friend who uh, used to be the director at CCH way back in the early 2000s, -hmm. even before I was a student here, uh, whose daughter was a student at CCH when I first came on. Staff and she lived at CCH. She was a, a softball player here, and eventually, just growing in relationship with her and my wife. And her, um, when it came time for her to get married, she asked me to officiate her wedding that's
1: awesome yeah
0: it was an amazing experience it was at the beginning of COVID so (laughs) I actually did two weddings and the first one was just uh 10 people in a park Lions Lake and uh and then we did a bigger one later but yeah that that grew uh our relationship and her father's relationship so recently uh at the beginning of the school year my father passed away Mm-hmm. And this friend sent flowers, and so um he always makes a trip back to Missouri to visit people who support him and I asked if he could if we could meet and I had the intention of I just want to thank you for the flowers and the talks and ministry things uh with them. So we meet at Old Drum, and we had a great conversation, and just through kind of sharing, hey, this is where I'm at, there's some things that are stirring in me, and I'm not sure where God is calling me next, and if this is a now thing or a later thing, uh, he offered me a position in the Northeast. At first, it's just like, hey, if you're ever wanting to come to Northeast, and I'm like, yeah, that will never happen. But okay, thank you. Uh, so then, after deeper conversation and telling him, yeah, we've actually been considering moving to different places. He he had said, no, I I like really would love to offer you a position. Um, you know, I only know you so well, but the ministry that you did with my daughter and the relationship you have with her speaks volumes to just who you are, and that's enough for me. So. Uh, he offered me a position on the spot and I was like, "Ah, I don't know about that. So he offered to fly us out and fly my family out to Boston. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, a free trip to Boston, like, (laughs) can't be too bad. So, right. uh, (laughs) So my wife was always the, is she going to be on board with, with what's next? Uh, she was excited and she wanted to go. So, uh, the week before Thanksgiving break, we flew out to Boston with our twin boys, and it was a chaotic situation. Like, Boston is different. Boston is a different culture and very different world. Very. Uh, and I found out more about the position, so I would be working at Boston University. And Boston University and just that that area in general is very academic. Uh, There is – Harvard is across the river from uh, Boston University and down the street is MIT. And so Boston University is like the school you get into if you can't make it into Harvard or MIT, but it's still a really good option. Uh, So what matters a lot to them is is academics and studies and uh, intellect. And then it's not a well-churched area. Like right now where we are, we're in central – you know, Missouri, we're in the middle of America, Bible Belt, we're in that realm. Mm-hmm. It is normal or assumed that you have a relationship with God or that you at least have entered a church or have heard of Jesus. But if you move to the Northeast, it's a very different culture. There's not a church on every corner. It's hard to find a church. And not everyone has ever even heard of Jesus in those those cities and those places. So. Uh, To go and do college ministry with this uh, entity called Sojourn Ministries uh, is it's just going to be very different and exciting, uh, but challenging because it's a different uh, way of living. And it's a little lonelier up there and just their expectation of uh, what it looks like to be in relationship with one another is is very different and we don't really know anyone well that lives up there. So yeah, there there was a lot into the decision-making of do we want to leave, be 16 hours away from our family to a place where we know no one. But Mm. what was clear, uh, I had a friend who said, hey, pray, ask these questions to God. What is it that breaks your heart? What is it that excites you about ministry? And where is a place that you can be cared for and uh, appreciated and valued. And so after doing a lot of praying and searching, uh, I felt like I could answer these questions. What breaks my heart is that people don't know that they're loved. And when people are are seeing a, a, a Jesus that seems to counter the Jesus that we know through Scripture, which is, which, which is one who loves. And yeah. uh, and so no matter what your background is, no matter what experiences you have, you deserve to be sought out and cared for and shown the love of Jesus. Mm. Uh, and for different marginalized people groups specifically, that, that matters a lot to me, that uh, they know that they are loved by Jesus. And, and then I go to Boston, I find out, that's a lot of what's there. It's people who don't know that they're loved by Jesus, people who have been told something different, and people that are part of different marginalized people groups that uh, have maybe been um, the on the receiving end of some aggression from the church, the American church. And so that breaks my heart. And it excites me to get to do ministry with college students who are uh, in a in a different place um, than kind of what I've experienced here. But it being here is just a different world. And so it's nothing wrong with what's here at all or the culture here. It's just where God has kind of moved my desires and
1: uh, my heart towards. Mm. And I imagine that decision looks... You know, for if I was to decide to go to Boston and minister, that's a lot different than for you because you have a wife and a family here. So I imagine that was also an additional layer of the decision making process of like moving a family out there. Yeah, uh,
0: that was exactly what I said. Like if it was just me, this would be an easy move. It would make sense and I could do it. Not it would be different, but I could do it. Now I have twin boys in this city and uh my wife is she grew up on a farm like a her, like a legit farm and so all she knows is rural Missouri and uh and so to move my family out to Boston uh it required that my family was on board uh and that my wife was excited also and so yes it is hard for her to think of not being with her family and all the different things that come with that but to see the need in Boston and to for her heart to also just break for that and for her to be excited for the potentials of what can happen there and just to see can we do it can we can we live in this place that is so different and really still love and uh and share the gospel even when we're out of our comfort zone had to be a part of the
1: decision-making
0: for us.
1: Mm. So we're getting towards the end of the show. I always have one more question I love to ask people, and that is, is there anything else you'd like to share?
0: Uh, First and foremost, uh, Hong Kong is the best Chinese restaurant in Warrensburg, (laughs) and I will go ten toes down on that one. And uh, that I will miss being here. I will... Uh, I've said for most of my life that my favorite place in the world is Christian Campus House. Uh, And I have a lot of fond memories here, and the students here are so amazing. Um, And the work that I've gotten to do is so great. So, um, yeah, I'm going to miss everyone, but to continue to see the gospel be spread and for the love of Jesus to be known on this campus as well as. Boston is is my heart and my hope.
1: Right on. Well, good luck in Boston, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. And thank you for tuning in. This has been Voices of UCM. You can find us Wednesdays and Saturdays at 7 p.m. on UCM The Beat, or you can check us out online at ucmbeat.com. Thanks for listening.